1: We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike, to tell you, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Hebert. And joining us now on our Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text line from Locked On Pelicans is Jake Madison for all things Pelicans. Hey, Locked On Pelicans on the Odyssey app. And uh, you can look up your app right there. Uh, Your team every day on the Odyssey app, Locked On Pelicans. Jake, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. I'm going to ask you right off the bat. Man, uh, uh, Charlie showed me the ending and a better view of it of what happened between the Pistons and the Knicks last night. And I see why Monty went off. Now, listen, they paid him a lot of cash, and it ain't working out. But my goodness, you talk about a horrendous call or non-call. You saw it last night in that game.
2: Yeah, you know, what's so funny to me about that, or I guess not even funny, but like really ironic is that game was supposed to be in Detroit yep. instead of New York, and it got switched around after the in-season tournament. So not only did Detroit lose a home game, they got screwed, frankly, on that end-of-game call, and that's a couple of weeks after the Knicks had a similar situation where the refs kind of botched the ending in their game against the um, Houston Rockets, and you're seeing this kind of across the NBA, right, and it applies to the Pelicans here too, is that, you know, the NBA seems to have a bit of an officiating problem right now where they're not making calls, there's nothing they can do to very clear calls at the end of games. It's not like there was another play after that and you've got to kind of rewind the game. That should be when there's something just as egregious as that and obvious as that, that you do something about it to make sure that the game feels more legitimate than it was. So, the NBA is dealing with this kind of throughout the league, right? We're seeing that here in New Orleans where they feel Zion not getting enough calls, not going to the right. free throw line as much, and I even talked about that on my show today. He should be going a little bit more, maybe not as much as people are thinking, but this has been a problem, you know, throughout the NBA. Officials have a little too much influence on all of this, and they need to do something about it.
3: Now, uh, Jake, I, I don't know. When I'm optimistic, uh, then I get disappointed. When uh, when I don't have any expectation to come out on top, uh, look how they came out post All Star break. How they took care of the Rockets uh, handily. And then all of a sudden you look what happens against the Heat and then you look what happens against the Bulls. And it's like finding different ways to lose. Okay, I'm look, uh, Brandon Ingram's dealing with, what, a sickness. Uh, so he didn't play the first couple of games coming out of the All-Star break. But he comes back, uh, and I should say Ingram's out. So Trey Murphy comes in. He shoots 2-12 from the field. Then Jordan Hawkins goes 4-17 from the field. And, from the field, and uh, what, they shot, what, 37.5% from, uh, from the field. Uh, And then this season, you know, when they don't score 100 points, they dropped to three and four this season when scoring fewer than 100 points. And you look at the Heat with 13 of 29 from three-point land. But then I look, uh, all of a sudden against Chicago, uh, they lost despite uh, shooting 16 three-pointers. But then you turn over the ball. I mean, it just seems like it's not just one thing. It seems like they find different ways to lose
2: yeah particularly in the second half of games and i think when you when you really get down to it right i think kind of the core of this is just the starters haven't been playing particular gr- particularly great you know they've been okay in the first quarter but it's really in the third quarter that they've kind of hit like a grinding halt the offense really stops scoring with that group and that then impacts the defense something that i've been talking a lot about on my show you know the normal saying is good defense leads to easy offense right you get a stop you can get out in transition you run in the fast break with a man advantage you score some easy points that way but you don't do your defense any favors to get said stops when you don't you know, score points, and now teams are running against you. And you look at a team like the Chicago Bulls, right? A team that doesn't have, you know, a guy like Zach Levine playing their all star guard. They're missing other guys like Patrick Williams. They got almost 20 points in the fast break just by getting out and running some of the easiest ways that they could score. And for the Pelicans who have a top 10 defense, Your defense doesn't matter at that point because you're not stopping really any NBA team in transition. Nobody does. So these things are kind of like all tied together. You can kind of point to one issue if you want, but it's going to kind of then be linked to something else. And that's what's kind of causing all of these problems since everything is so linked together kind of in the NBA's run of play. You know, if your offense isn't scoring, your defense is going to be bad, then your defense can't get stopped. So your offense struggles to score again. And so on and so forth, and it keeps perpetuating itself a little bit. So New Orleans really needs to find a way just to kind of clean up one or two things, and I think that's going to make them a better team uh, and get them back to winning ways and maybe avoid a three-game losing streak tonight.
1: Turnovers. Good gracious. Uh, Because you had them by the teriyaki, so to speak, Uh, Sunday. You really did. And, you know, again, why aren't – because the matchup certainly favored it. Why weren't you trying to get the ball more to Zion in the paint I, I, and I know you did a good job uh, hitting the three-point shot. I think it's only one other time this year that they've lost when they've hit this many three-pointers. But the matchup certainly favored you to get the ball to Zion inside for the score, but the turnovers were a killer.
3: Well, and especially B.I. coming back and having nine turnovers out of the yeah, 19. exactly. Uh, and, and, and come on, that can't happen. And look, Zion scored 19. Now he's not getting to the free-throw line, but he's 9 of 15 shooting. It was really puzzling. And like Mike was saying, uh, Jake, I don't know. We didn't play in Chicago. It was in New Orleans, the Smoothie King Center. The Bulls are 27-30. I mean, they they swept the regular season series. No, that, that was, to me, more frustrating than even the heat loss that we lost at home today. Yeah, I agree.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. There's there's no sugarcoating it. That was a bad loss by the New Orleans Pelicans. That was a game they should have won. They were up 12 in the third quarter. They let that lead go away and then just never really recovered from that. You know, part of it was I think they were down C.J. McCollum, Jose Alvarado, and that's two of your ball handlers right there. You know, they want those guys sometimes to kind of take, take possessions away from Zion Williamson, from Brandon Ingram handling the ball. That would have cut down on some of the turnovers, I think. But you mentioned Zion Williamson, right? You know, they're, they're complaining a lot that he should go to the free-throw line more, and I think he went once or twice in that game against the Chicago Bulls. You probably then can't have him just kind of standing in the corner not doing anything Correct. for certain possessions, right? And you see that too often. He's not going to get to the line unless he has the ball in his hands, and at times they just don't get it to him enough, and it's almost like he's an afterthought out there. And I don't know if they're doing that to maybe just give him a rest on certain possessions, but when Brandon Ingram turning the ball over you know, six times in the second half is your offense. You need to run it through Zion Williamson then. And I. you just didn't see them do that. I think they also really kind of trying went a little too small in that game. You know, Larry Nance Jr. had four turnovers, particularly in that second half too, and was, I think, a minus 24 in that game. You know, Jonas Valanciunas, who was a positive with the starters, didn't play over 30 minutes. That seems like it was a mistake by him. Willie Green to go with a smaller big man in Larry Nance Jr. who struggled in that game versus Valanciunas who had been scoring and done a good job. That could have changed the fortunes of that team. Just kind of everything went wrong in that game, and that's what made it so disappointing.
3: Now, uh, Jake, uh, obviously you got to have health with uh, injuries. Mean, you got to have uh, luck with injuries and uh, be healthy in the back end of the season. Uh, well, what's your take on C.J. McCollum with his sprained left ankle? I mean, how significant is that and uh and you mentioned Jose Alvarado and, and Marshall with the suspension uh serving that uh but how important uh is to avoid that three game uh losing streak now they're playing in New York i mean to tell you the truth i don't expect them to win cuz look in no, especially
2: especially <laughs> after the Knicks had uh you know that that kind of like incident last night who knows how that's going to kind of right. affect the officiating or what they're going to do here right maybe it actually benefits the pelicans since the knicks got a win they probably shouldn't have had or something like that so maybe maybe the league will do the right thing a a makeup game (laughs) look however you get the wins here that's ultimately what matters right you know, and look, this is a tough stretch here, right? You're going to play in New York. That's not an easy place to go in. It's it's going to be a back-to-back. You're playing the Indiana Pacers tomorrow night. That's not going to be an easy game with Tyrese Halliburton and the offense that that team has. So you need to get this win. Look, you know, coming into the all-star break, they were playing really good basketball. They had some really excellent form, right? I think they're 8-1 and one going into the all-star break, and then they got that win right after, so they're 8-1. and one. But they just lost two straight games, and they went from the fifth seed to the, seventh seed. They're in the playing tournament right now, and that's not a situation that you want to be in whatsoever, right? You'd like to just solidly be in the postseason, not have to win an extra game or two, depending on where you fall to. So two games, that's all it took. Two games to fall right back into the playing tournament. That's how tight things are. So every win, every game is going to matter in this stretch run of the regular season, right? It's going to be a sprint to the finish line, and you can't afford really any slip-ups. The margin for error is very minuscule right now and this is a position the pelicans have put themselves in you know if you had taken care of business if you had figured out some of your rotations some of your lineups some of your offense earlier on in the season this wouldn't be a concern how many double digit leads have they blown in the second half of games they only have themselves to blame for a lot of these mistakes in the position that they're in right now
1: jake um looking through the telescope uh uh, tomorrow night, they play the Pacers, and then Friday, they catch them again. Uh, one in Indianapolis, and then they play them Friday night in New Orleans. Kind of break down that matchup between the Indiana Pacers.
3: Boy, they have Halliburton and ain't dealing with the oil industry easy either. That, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that Halliburton kid, boy,
2: he's been a, <laughs> well, a, a, they, a, they, a really prevalent. hit surprise. oil with Halliburton. Yeah, yeah without a doubt. There you go. Um, You know, it it comes down to slowing him down, right? Like, that's what this is going to be, and that's going to really be on a guy like Herb Jones to try and take him out of the game. And the good news is Herb Jones has been up to that task, you know, should be in consideration for one of the all-defensive teams finally. I think he's starting to get so much, you know, Buzz around the league that we'll see him on one of those those teams and awards at the end of the year comes down to him, right? Like that's going to be the big matchup there. If they can slow down Tyrese Halliburton, I think this is a a team that you can beat. You know the Pelicans' defense has been very good this season, no matter who they've played. You know the Indiana Pacers have basically zero defense. It's certainly going to be a shootout. New Orleans has the offense to do that. I don't think Indiana is going to really put up much resistance there, even with Miles Turner playing particularly well down low, and he's a very good rim protector, and shot blocker for them. So I still think you'll see kind of Zion Williams and still a little bit during all of that. And if you just slow down Tyrese Halliburton, like, should be, you know, I don't want to say an easy victory for New Orleans, but a victory they should be able to certain. But I always love these kind of, like, two-game sets you get where you play <laughs> yeah. one team and then kind of play them again right away. You know, I, I think people – think that NBA teams make more adjustments during a regular season than they do, right? Like, over the 82 games, you maybe get 30 practices in over the season. It's just not very many, you know, but when you have a chance to play a a team back-to-back, you can actually make some adjustments as opposed to just moving on to your next opponent and just trying to kind of, like, dictate the game with what you do well. So, this is one where I think this second game, the one in New Orleans, is going to look dramatically different than the first, and that's always kind of fun to see. The X and o's the adjustments kind of the chess match that comes out of all of
3: that now uh jake when you look within the division it's not like uh that the mavericks are smoking smoking hot i mean it seemed like they're struggling too uh, i mean uh you know you just can't tell So, what's your take on where dallas is at because they nip it on our heels but even though we've lost uh we're still ahead of dallas
2: yeah, but they're playing some better basketball. But, you know, they made a couple of smart additions at the trade deadline, bringing Daniel Gafford in, really kind of opened things up and gave them depth at the center position that they were. Uh, really in need of. You're seeing Luka Doncic play at an MVP level. He's going to be finishing in the top three of the voting when it comes to that. You know, Kyrie Irving is capable of taking over on any given night as one of the elite scorers from the guard position in the NBA. You know, their defense is is bad, and that's kind of been their issue this season. So, if they have a slight off-scoring night, you know, you can see them really go down hard, and I think you point to a game earlier on in the season, right, when Herb Jones had missed a couple of games. They had that two games set in New Orleans against the Dallas Mavericks. And Herb Jones came back for that second one. And Luka Doncic had maybe the worst game of his career, like might've actually had the worst game of his career, the way that Herb Jones hounded him all night long into just a very poor performance to the point where he'd picked up one technical and it looked like he just wanted to be anywhere but playing in that game. And I thought he was just going to pick up another tech, get tossed and not have to deal with Herb Jones anymore, which didn't end up happening, but you could kind of see the frustration in him. You know, if you, if you, Mix Luca up with different coverages. If you blitz him, if you then maybe go into drop coverage or switch to his own really quickly, you have to be a good defensive team to be able to pull that off. But that's kind of how you beat that Dallas Mavericks team. And I think they just don't have – enough they're missing somebody or another guy right Jalen Brunson leaving a year or two ago from them was a big loss for them you know I I think they're good but they're not a team that I worry about going into the postseason or that I see you know making a leap to the top five top four anything like that.
3: Now uh, Jake how um, important it is because you know we always focus on Zion and and you know we need to focus on Zion he needs to be that alpha dog uh, but I think Brandon Ingram needs to step up. You know, uh, post All Star, he missed a couple of games because of illness, and then look. Even though he, what he scored, what a team high twenty two points. Uh, if you look, uh, he, he didn't look sharp. I mean, uh, to me, committing like I said uh, nine turnovers. Uh, when you look at that, uh, I mean, uh, how do you? What is the expectation for Brandon Ingram? Because you know he's already he already was an All Star, but. Definitely not playing as an all-star right now.
2: No, you know, he's he's had an interesting year, right? Like, the, the individual numbers for him, I'd say, are good. You know, the scoring's there, the assists are there, you know. But something's just kind of felt a little bit off, right? And I think it was kind of encapsulated by that game against the Chicago Bulls. You know, he had the nine turnovers, six in the second half, but he had 18 points in the in the first half of the game. He was dominating. And then in the second half, he had nine turnovers and just – or, sorry, six turnovers and just four points. And that's a big reason why they lost, that he just couldn't keep it up. And I think, you know, you're seeing him and Zion Williamson look a little clunky together. The offense just doesn't seem to flow As much, and you know, it's something that we've talked a lot about here, Bobby. Where you've asked, is there a magic number for three-point shots, three-point attempts for the New Orleans Pelicans? Right? We've seen some really strong games of three-point shooting from Brandon Ingram, where he goes seven of eleven, eight of eleven, whatever it was, a couple weeks ago. And then the next game, he just takes two three-point attempts, and that's it. And it's that kind of inconsistency in terms of his shot profile, his shot selection, that I think is kind of taking the Pelicans sometimes like out of rhythm right? You know, he went into the season assuming the ball was going to be in his hands. That was kind of the plan, Then as the season has gone on, I think we've seen that going with Point Zion and putting the ball in Zion Williamson's hands is the better move for this team if they at least want to kind of figure their offense out in the short term. But does he really fit into that? He's not the best off-ball player, right? Look at his struggles with Team USA in the FIBA World Cup this summer where he was very disappointing after being a starter on that team. And it's likely going to mean he doesn't get a roster spot to the Olympic team uh, this coming summer, so trying to kind of find a way to utilize him, you know, within the flow of the offense is really important. Something the Pelicans have struggled with, you know. I think it's on him to just kind of refine his shot selection, take more threes, be more of a spot up threat. When Zion isn't out there, then he's allowed to kind of take over. But then when Zion comes back in, kind of needs to be a slightly more complementary piece. And I just don't know if that's something he wants to do or if he's even capable of doing. And I think that's why you've seen some of the up-and-downness to his season so
1: far. Jake, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Always appreciate it. Great insights, buddy. Thank you so much.
2: Of course, thanks for having me on,
1: you guys. All righty, you can join Jake on Locked On Pelicans, and he give you all things Pelicans on the Odyssey app. On Locked On Pelicans on the Odyssey app, and your team every day.
4: Toyota. Let's go places. Leading ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month,
0: featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King.